distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando, an Appetite for Discovery episode. As we welcome, I know, it's I, I'm very clever with the puns, Mr. Trevor. I love Look it. I, I, what's up, Brando? What's going on, man? I'm a pun guy, dude. That is that is my sense of humor, so I love it. Good. We're going to get along uh, just fine. So Because Appetite for Distortion, Guns N' Roses themed, because I didn't want to do a podcast about me. There's enough of... The, the yada yada shows out there. Let's do it different. Mm. And then I want to expand that to perhaps people and uh, music that we don't know yet in our scope. So people know you, I would think, but we're going to yeah. learn about all about the effect. So let's kind of backtrack because Lukather, I mean, if you don't even know uh, Trev Lukather, it, that name is in a very common last name other than. I, I guess your dad, Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, we always make the joke like it's definitely not Johnson. You know, it's not the last name that like you know is obvious. We're, we're actually the last Lukather's on the planet, as far as we know. Really, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But, like um, we we searched. We don't know anyone else. Um, really interesting how we got given that name because it was originally Lucas Czar. Because uh, we did the family tree thing, um, and did like the kind of going back generations, and and then I guess Ellis Island, someone said Lukather. Maybe it was just a busy day, man. It's like oh, Lukather. It's like because who would think of that? <laughs> you know, it's such a random name, dude. You know, I I love uh, it. And, and my pop liked to say Lucifer was taken. So. <laughs> Uh, I see the sense of humor is uh, also passed down in, in addition to the the talent. And your dad, he was a, a guest uh, three years ago on the podcast, just a, a super nice guy. But uh, it's, I guess it's easy to see the path. Do we start from the beginning? Were you born with a guitar in hand? Like, it's- No, man. I was, I was a drummer for okay. – I, I, one of my first memories is playing drums. I was, I picked up drumsticks around four. Jeff Picaro got me a, a drum set. And, um, and I don't know, you know, why my dad probably allowed that to happen. I mean, thinking about probably back then they're, you know, they were very young and, and, and the party days were in full swing, I'm sure. So, you know, why would you get a drum set <laughs> for your son, four year old son? But I, I took it, it just came to me naturally, man. I was able to, play in time and have a pocket and a groove at four, play to a click. I used to go to the baked potato with my dad and, and jam with him. And, you know, I guess I always say like, you know, there's the kids that throw the baseball at their dads and yeah. then there's the kids that jam with their dads. And, um, you know, it went from that to, to then about 12 years old, Toto was reuniting with Bobby Kimball, their uh, original lead singer. And I saw dad go up in the front of the stage, first tune and rip a monster solo, man. And all these people are like reaching out for him. And, and I was like, I want to be that guy. I don't want to be in the back, man. You know? And, and it's funny. Cause I, I always had melodies and, and, and riffs in my head, even when playing drums, I would just play to my own head. Like I just be hearing a riff in my head that I'm writing and I'd be playing to that and jamming with myself. And, um, I knew I wanted to be a songwriter, so I had to pick up another instrument. So my pop, 
going to him saying, Hey man, I want, I want to be just like you, man. He was like, Oh, that's super cute, man. No, man. I want to, I want to. And he's like, okay. So I was like, teach me, man, teach me your ways. Now my dad doesn't really have any um, patience when it comes to teaching guitar. So what he did is he took my guitar, he tuned the low E to D, you know, put my index finger and it made a power chord noise. when I was strumming down, he says, have fun. He left the room. That was my lesson from my dad. Wow. See, that, yeah. that's fascinating. And I love this perspective because, you know, while I, I just said this podcast has the theme of GNR, but we talk about a lot of other things, mental health. And of course, I come up, I'm doing every episode. So along the way, my fans have, I went from just being a single guy to getting married to now having a baby. So I have a nine month old baby. Oh. And I've been asking. Congratulations, man. Thank you. And the reason I bring that up is because a lot of my guests now, I ask them, because they'll be older, classic rock, right? I'm like, okay, what's the right age to teach your son how to do this or introduce him to this kind of music? I'm kind of getting the other perspective from you because my wife and I have spoke about that. None of us mm -hmm. are musically inclined, but I'm like, I would love for him to learn the guitar. or I. But I wouldn't also, I'm like, if he gets into radio, great, but I'm not going to yeah. force it. He may just be around it. Uh so I'm just curious. So that's interesting to know that at that age, it's not like he just sat you down and really. Yeah. So I, cause I, I thought about that. Am I going to do that with my son? Am I going to sit down and I mean, if he comes in later, I mean, I might do a podcast with him, but I'm just holding him. You know what <laughs> that'd, I mean? be, that'd be awesome. So yeah, I guess you know. to go even earlier than four, I can't believe I'm doing this. So earlier than four, like what were you growing up around? What was your like? Because I, I guess I can't help it. We're growing up around music, rock music. I love horror yeah. movies. He's going to be surrounded by that. What were you surrounded by as a, as a kid? Was it Toto always playing in the background with celebrities in and out of your house? Was there a normal well, I childhood? Well, I mean, you know, I guess, I guess you could say that, you know, your your podcast is built on the, on the Guns N' Roses band. Slash was around. You know, Slash has been a buddy of dad's since, uh, since probably, I think, when Appetite for Destruction came out. Um, Slash, by the way, is one of the sweetest human beings on planet Earth. I mean, he's just so unfabulous and such a gem of a human, super supportive guy. He's been to me, um, you know, throughout the years. And uh, you know, him and dad go way back. I mean, he told me it was funny. I was at lunch with him and Pop one day. And, and, and you know, I guess he was at the show where it, the Colos L.A. Coliseum where Van Halen and Toto, Aerosmith, Aero Speedwagon, all these bands were, were playing in like 1978. I think like Hold the Line just came out. My dad was 19 when he did that record. Huh. And Slash says he remembered being like 14, 15 years old in the audience, seeing my dad run around like crazy and, and shredding it up. And he says, man, you know, and, and my dad went up to go to the bathroom. He's like, dude, I just, I'll, I'll never forget that moment as, uh, you know, as a teenager watching your pop shred, man. That's an influential moment for me. It's just super, you know, just super, uh, you know, down to earth, man, you know, Slash has been. So, yeah, he, you know, he was around, you know, my dad and Eddie Van Halen were super tight. Uh, you know, I grew up with all these people. The thing is, is like you come to find out that these guys um, are some, you know, even my own dad, you come to find out these people are respected, but you don't know any different when you're growing up. You just think, oh, they're it's like anybody's parents, friends coming over and hanging out. I mean, I was, they were always entertaining as hell. I mean, I, I always wanted to be a part of, I always wanted to be a part of the crew, you know? Um, I always wanted to just be able to hang. Uh, so you just come to find out later on that they're, that they're, you know, important to people. I mean, 
I don't believe in the uh, the pedestal thing. I think you know we're all human beings trying to figure it out on this floating speck in the universe, and and you know people are are given gifts. Everybody has a gift on this planet. Everyone's given something to to contribute to this life, and um, and so everyone's a rock star, man. But yeah, I mean, coming to find out later on. I was like, oh shit, you know, uh, these guys are, 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 are a big deal to people, you know, uh, but they were just dad's friends hanging out and they were always super fucking cool and, and super fun to hang with. And, and, uh, and, you know, but funny enough is also is my mom is the one who really got me into my musical taste. I mean, okay. I used to watch dad in the studio, um, you know, and, and, and see him jam and stuff like that. But my, but, you know, of course, when you're, when you're doing it for a living, you, you go and do like a eight hour studio session or more you don't come back home it's like oh i want to blast some music you know it's not like that so or when dad came back from the road you know he would jam tunes for sure but like my mom was really my tastemaker growing up playing me um songs and bands that that really uh were super influential to me you know? okay see that, that's i i love that answer because i've had uh nico blue hoon on the show uh shannon's uh daughter and, yeah. you know, when she realized, you know, when her dad was a rock star, I've had, uh, you know, a lot of different, even London, speaking of Slash, I've had London on the podcast. And London's an awesome dude, man. Yeah. So I guess what he said to me, and this was like uh, several years ago, he was only 15 at the time when he, he wanted to, when he started jamming. Badass drummer too. Oh Badass yeah. Drummer, man. So that's going to lead into a couple things because he said he didn't want to be in his dad's shadow i mean he couldn't mm -hmm. escape music that's what he loves to do but he would always be slash's kid on guitar did you feel any of that you know because you're i mean thankfully you you're, you have this amazing talent and you're not you're not holding anything back but like yeah. okay i'm gonna li live in this shadow or i'm just gonna do my own thing whatever people think it doesn't it doesn't matter I think it's all perspective, man. I mean, people could say I'm living in a shadow or people could say I'm my own person. It's really, doesn't matter to me, man. It, it, to me is, is I just wanted to write songs. It wasn't even thinking about that. I mean, when I was a teenager and when I started realizing, okay, people are going to compare, um, you know, and when people were just, just flat out, there's just mean people on the internet, you know, they're yeah, just yeah. haters, man, you know, and you're always going to get those. But when I, I had like a spiritual awakening when, when I was in my 20, late twenties, and like I said, man, when you realize that we're all so tiny, such tiny little things on this little speck in this gigantic universe. Oh, we're nothing. You know, you, Wait, we're, we're, you're, 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 you're the pressure of trying to live up to something doesn't matter anymore. And, and, um, and our, you know, that, that, that strive to be important doesn't matter anymore. So you realize that you're, you're given something that you have to do and it's not about you. So like my playing and my writing and all stuff is not about me. It's like if people connect to my playing and people connect to the songs that we're doing, that's what matters, man. You know, when I'm producing somebody and that song connects with people, that is what matters to me. Um, you know, my dad is only going to be, there's only gonna be one Steve Lukather. Always, always. There's only gonna be one you, man. One me, one everybody. So, you know, my story is my story. I'm highly influenced by my pop. Obviously that's why I do what I do, but you know, I'm not trying to be compared to him. I'm not trying to do what he did. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my own story, my own lane. And, um, but I, I'm very thankful for the inspiration that not just him, but all the, the friends that were hanging around the house right. gave me, 
when I was a really young kid, man. So I just knew I wanted to write songs. So being a drummer, which I started out being, which maybe subconsciously when I was a kid, it was just a way to jam with my dad. And, and, and I'm so grateful that I did because my, my rhythm, you know, playing in pocket is so important as a player. A lot of guitar players go right for the shredding or try to do that. I didn't even try to solo for like seven years, but wow, I think that it's really, it's really cool that like, you know, I, I maybe just thought whatever, even, even at the point where, where, where I'm like, Oh boy, I'm, I'm kind of setting myself up to get, uh, you know, raked through the coals at times, but, but I'm really happy I did, man. I, I, I wouldn't want to play another instrument than guitar. So, well, and, and before we get to, because I completely agree with you, especially with the debut single, Unwanted. I mean, as soon as I heard you Thanks come so. in, I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, like, I wish I, I should have recorded like my reaction to it. Because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I'm like, oh, I bet it's a cool rock song. But then I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> so before we get to that, because you're, you're so honest and and I really appreciate that. And that's what I try to be. I talk about my journey with things. And it's more about connecting with people because we all are just dust in the wind for lack of a better phrase 100 percent. i'm always yeah. like the the dinosaurs just need to come back they're more important than the human i don't know that's i, I can, that's why i'm so egoless because we're all just yeah. human beings and particles and whatever so i'm in defense of you and other because i said i've had other um sons or daughters of rock stars like i've had uh, Graham Whitford, Brad's son. Yeah. I've had Noah yeah. Wyland on. You know, great, great, great talents in their own right, but they live under the shadow. And I've also had Wolf Van Halen on, Wolfgang. Yeah. And I'm just so disappointed in what David Lee Roth had said recently. We don't need to go specifically into that. but just Yeah, what, man. That, I mean, that, was, that was a little that was surprising, you know? But the point being is that, look, my dad was a dentist, right? Wasn't a rock star, and he specifically told me he doesn't want me to be a dentist. But let's just say he did. So if he were to get me a job or get me, you know, influence me in any way, and I was confident and I was good, so yeah. I, I'd be a dentist, nep nepo baby. I hate that word. I think that's so like offensive because there could be people, and I say this because I love the guy, uh, Roy Orbison Jr. Love the yeah, guy. Love yeah. Him. He's so he's become he's become. Uh... You know, we follow each other on Instagram and he's written me and I've written it like just he seems like a gem of a human being, man. Yeah, he is. And he's understands that he's there just to hold up his dad's legacy and he's not trying to be anything. But I don't the point being, I don't like when anyone casts people aside as talented as you because you said talk about the haters online or Wolfgang that you only got this up. Maybe you did up this opportunity, maybe. But that doesn't. Why is that your fault? Like, how does that, you're, you you know, it's, you can't control who, you know, if you and change you your name, then you would be ashamed. They would find another way, like, to insult It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. Like, like you know, people are going to, you know, like, with with me, Wolfie, for instance, or for, for myself, like, if we were to come out and be, like, a clone, you'd be hated. Like, get your own thing. But then if you come out doing your own thing, they're like, well, why aren't you doing, like, you know, for me, like, why aren't you doing this Toto kind of song or for, 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 for Wolfie, like where's Panama or whatever that, that, you know, people throw out there now, you know, it's up to you. If you give that power, um, Wolfie, man, he gets, he gets it a lot worse than, than I do. And, um, and people are just fucking cruel. Uh, I think that that's, that's just absolutely unnecessary. 
I think if you don't have anything nice to say, keep it to yourself, man. You know, um, you don't need to blast it. You don't have to blast it online to that person. I always find it so like study the mentality of people that like get up and like write something and hit the enter button. And it's something mean that they are. What do they hope that person sees it? Like, what good are you? What are you trying to, to accomplish? Like, what is the you know, purpose exactly. of that? It, but it's right. all self it's all self-reflection it's all whatever they're going through i mean whenever people come up to me i you know and i and I, if i do respond i say hey man i hope whatever's going on in your life gets settled and worked out <laughs> i hope that you find happiness i hope that whatever you're going through you you find some the right help that you need and you find that answer so you can be happy because people that write those things are unhappy people so you know Growing up the way we did, like, it, like what you said, the dentist thing, man, with your dad, like, it's like a lawyer, you know, like a lawyer has a firm and, and he raises his kids and they want to be lawyers. Right. You know, you're going to you're going to be able to see the inside things of how that works. And, and if you're and if your parent is a very successful and respected lawyer, why wouldn't you learn from them? And why, you know, and if you decide to take that route, you you learn from the mistakes they made and you learn from the, the successes they had. So. I I think it's, you know, why people try to get so dissected so much or say, oh, you're lucky or whatever. Yeah, I think, listen, we're all lucky to, to be living and breathing on this planet right now. I mean, when you look at the statistics of, of that possibility, you know, um, you know, definitely we didn't ask for our parents, man, you know, <laughs> and and it's like, OK, we, we were born in this very interesting situation. But we ate it up, and now we're we're gonna do it. And we're—it's not like we we aren't working hard. Think about Wolfie; is he had to fucking own it too. Right. He had to when he went into Van Halen. He had to play. He had to sing. You know, the microscope was probably even harsher than anything else. So same thing with Nick Collins, who's in 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 our band. Him playing with Phil, playing, you know, in Genesis, like the microscope's on. But he had to be great in order to get that gig as well. Yes. So hate all you want you know doors can open you have to walk through them and you and also you have to um own it too like nothing gets handed to anybody and if it does you learn the harsh reality that it's a very short-lived situation because if you're not prepared for it you're gonna get eaten alive and you're men you know and, and you won't last long so you know that's the best way i can explain Completely it. agree no you you explained it better than i would and uh i'm I'm glad to hear that such a healthy perspective and hope, you know, you hope people get it, but you know, humans going to human, they're going to be aligned just for attention seeking likes. And you're right. It's if you give it power, then let it affect you, but it it shouldn't because you have enough people around you who who love and support you and and look at the success you've had. And I was going to ask if you and Nick have bonded on that. Uh, Is that that where the, uh, so let's go to there. Is that where the, did uh, the effect started? Was that the effect on the effect? If I use that word properly? No, man. Okay. You, you know, uh, I saw, so Lee Sklar and Amy Keys, uh, you know, they play in Phil's band and then they also have been in Toto. So I knew them growing up. And, um, you know, they, Amy and, and Lee always would rave about Nick and that, yo, you guys got to meet each other. You know, you guys got to do something together. And um, we started following each other on Instagram. And then I was, I was asked to like host this like 
pilot television show about cars and guitars and I get flown to Miami where Nick lives. And first day we're filming a meltdown between the producer and director, everything gets canceled. Um, and I, I, I'm, my wife and I are stuck in Miami and I'm like, who do I know? Funny enough is I, the two people I knew was Steven Gibb, Barry Gibb's son <laughs> and Nick Collins. And so I hit them up and we end up hanging out with Steve during the day, Steven during the day. And then I had dinner with Nick and we never met each other before, but we had dinner with him and his girlfriend, Isabella, who's a gem. And, uh, we just vibed hard, man. And I'm, you know, I've been producing since the pandemic. Um, that's how I've been making a living. And I had my old band Labara, which we were signed and, you know, bad breakup of a band during the pandemic. So I was kind of turned off by bands in general. So, okay. After Nick and I hanging, I was like, oh man, we should work together somehow. Maybe I call you in on a session or something and, you know, we can, we can do something cool together. And then, you know, coming across the feed on Instagram again with uh, Emmett Stang, our lead singer, who did a cover of Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes on acoustic guitar, which was Madison and I's wedding song. Okay. And, and it just, it was him and acoustic guitar. It was, blew us away, man. So I followed him. He followed me back. He was hitting me up on my guitar videos and being very, you know, you know, just loving on each other. And we got on the, you know, we eventually uh, exchanged information, got on the phone, chatted. He was so, three hour conversation. So very similar to Nick of just like instant connection. And then Steve Majora, who's the keyboard player in the band, he tours with Toto as the keyboard player. So I've known Steve for like 13 years. He just got the gig uh, in 2020. Um, but Steve and I worked together on a bunch of stuff and he's one of my all time favorite people and musicians. So it just kind of seemed like the, the, the sea parted man and the stars were aligning and it was like, Oh man, am I actually going to do this? Am I going to do a band again? But these guys are too cool. And this is like a super group dream team band for me, you know? So I, I hit them up and, and I, I came up with the unwanted, you know, map out riff and the, and I said, what do you guys think? Is this something you'd be into? And everyone was. And when, when unwanted was, and then I realized that the top line writing with Emmett, solid chemistry there, everyone brought so much to the table. It was just undeniable to the point of like, okay, we got to do this, man. You know, this may be a, a, a stupid question, but was there ever a conversation if it was going to be the effect or the affect that's the, the, the oh the A or the E. <laughs> yeah, I'm you know, such funny a, enough. Yeah, I'm such a stickler though. Before I with the there <laughs> versus there versus there two two two. Oh, I yeah, always yeah, screw yeah. up affect and effect. So I don't know if that's a stupid question or if there's a good story behind that at all. Here's the weird thing, man. Is I look through my notes and I don't know where this came from. This is another kind of like I don't know. Uh, serendipitous maybe i don't know or maybe just a sign from the universe i don't know like okay. i said i'm a pretty spiritual guy I'm not a religious guy but i'm a spiritual guy and i know people even shit on on people saying that but it's true um i just think it's bigger than anything we can all imagine it being and it's like what's the point our brains nobody aren't big knows enough. what's going no nobody on. knows no one so knows for some, put it that way <laughs> I, I appreciate people that are confident in knowing 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 but then that you know as long as it doesn't become judgmental you know, uh, and creating division and death and all the fucking fucked up shit that all that brings. But, um, Agreed. you know, I, uh, I look, I was looking through my phone after we finished on one, we literally wrapped unwanted. Steve was here at the house. We just finished his background vocals and I was looking through my, my notes and all of a sudden the effect was in my notes, just the, the name, the effect, like 
scrolling down and uh, I have no idea where it came from <laughs> what, when I wrote it down or whatever, but I was like, that's a cool, that's a cool name. And everyone dug it. Um, Nick was a little hesitant in the beginning, but then, then when, when we recorded two more songs, he says, man, that, that name just fits what we do. I, I love it now. So that was another weird moment of like, where did that name come from? But I also kind of say it's the cause and effect of life, right? Or, or like, just like how we all even came together. So it, it makes sense in a way too. I like it. And I like the way it's spelled in the, uh, the logo just is all. Yeah. Just very- that was my cousin, Jake, man. We wanted to make a symbol that, that, you know, I said, Hey man, all the, the E and the F's, they work together. Is there something we could do and kind of put them all together? And then he's like, well, if you put it, you know, horizontal, it could spell the effect. If you turn it up into a symbol, because we wanted a symbol for shirts. Right. So if you took the symbol and you make it uh, horizontal, man, it reads the effect, oh, which is really cool. it does. I'm doing it on my phone right now. See, I didn't know yeah. that. All right. That's, I like that. I like that. Yeah, man. All right. So I guess I'm glad I asked that. I, I wouldn't have known that. Uh, so <laughs> can you talk about the reception to the first single? Now we have the new one, uh, Something Wrong. And there are both video, mm-hmm. there are videos for both of those songs, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's I mean, the reception been like? Has it been what you expected really or is it I mean, been great? I, 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 you know, what's really cool is, is, is it's getting a new, um, you know, we rele- we, we announced the band in October and we put the song out, but now, and then we, we got debuted on the power hour on access TV at this fan voted rock countdown show and people started voting for us, man. And we got number one on the countdown over all these, you know, huge acts and, you know, we're unsigned still. Like we, we got two record deal offers before we even put the song out, but they weren't great. We didn't have much leverage. It was just kind of more the songs killer and, and the story of the band. But we kind of wanted to see if we can, you know, just build some leverage to not sell our soul so <laughs> brutally, you know? Um, but seeing the reactions of we, when we get a platform to be heard that people are connecting to this, to the music like we do. So, you know, it feels good, man. So, so we put out something wrong. I think maybe a little prematurely. I, I think that it was a way for the people that were our, our beginning fans of the band to keep them kind of, you know, interested at the Satiated, same time. At, at, the, at, at, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, it, then we realized later on, we're like, well, that was a little too premature because we, we unwanted such a killer introduction to the band it was the first song that we did catchy it hasn't really had a chance to be heard as much you know yet really so we're we're really pushing that song right now on and and so something wrong's nice a little side taste for new fans that get to experience the band and then hear another another song from us but we wrapped the album it's mastered it's done so it's like all right let's you know let's get the right players in the scene let's get the right team and as us and who, you know, all of us who we know in the scene too, is just continuously build it as, you know, get more people to see and hear us and then go from there, man, you know. Um, but Unwanted, we're still, I mean, it just got debuted on Q104.3 in New York last night. Oh, oh we, that, I work there. We, oh, really? Did, did you know that? Uh, yeah, by the, the fill-in morning show host. Not the morning show host. Forgive me. No, no, no. I'm not that special. Uh, producer. Uh, so sometimes Jonathan Clark, who does the Out of the yeah, Box. Yeah, that's, that's who, that's who, that's who, uh, who played us. Man. Yeah. And, and he, he's such a sweet guy, man. He wrote us and 
song kicks ass, you know, and, you know, That's Matt right. Pinfield's a big, a big champion for us. He, he debuted us on KLOS and, yeah. you know, so people are really connecting to this song, man. And our, and, and I haven't seen, um, I mean, I gotta say, bro, like maybe three or four bad comments out of like a, a lot. So it's like really minimal and I don't even pay attention to them, but, but the fact is, if those stick out, it's because there's very few of them. And 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 I and I'm just like really, we're just grateful because we believe in the music so much that it's so great that people connect to it just as much as we do. And um, and it's honest, man. Every song is honest. The meaning of the song is is honest, and we want to make sure that we do something genuine and real, and and nothing that is forced. And and I think this is probably one of the easiest recording processes. Um you know, making an album I've ever had in my life. So that's cool. Uh, I, I, I love that. Uh, just all, sorry. I don't know if you can hear, um, Harrison Rex. That's my son, AKA baby Brownstone. That's my radio love name it. I've given him. He's they're home and he's getting his diaper changed and he doesn't like that. But we, I couldn't hear it, man. Okay, good. So I'm glad I brought attention yeah. to it. <laughs> no, I, I, I love the name. It. I can hear it. And I, I love the name, man. Rex is cool middle name, dude. I think so. But I'm just one of those people going back to radio. Like I guess remember this this time and uh, oh, smilers, come here. Let me see. So I'm gonna. I get to meet the guy. You get to meet him. He, he makes his appearance. He makes his appearance. Oh, <laughs> what's up, little dude? What a cutie. So we'll see if he likes, you know, radio. Like you picked up the, uh, you know, well, first drums, but guitar because of your dad. We'll see what he he likes or doesn't like because of me. He might think I'm a complete loser. But it just goes no, back I to, think I... <laughs> but it goes back to, sorry, with the Q1043 thing. Like yeah. I just acknowledged, that I will always remember, I um, this was in college radio at Hofstra University, and I'm reading some rock concert report. And somebody comes in and drops like 20 CDs and they're like mortified. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. Just pick them up. And I just kept reading. So I kind of just bring that along with me throughout my career. If he cries, hopefully he doesn't poop. It's just part of the, uh, <laughs> it's part of the, uh, it's part of the show. It is what it is. But hey man, I can't wait. I can't wait to, to be a dad myself, man. You know, it's one point, you know, I'm, we got, we got married, uh, you know, over a year ago, we've been together for over five years and, um, you know, she, she knows a lot. She knows very similar why we also, you know, connected so, so much, um, is her dad's Jonathan Kane and journey, my wife. Okay. So like, so like we grew up very similar. So the, 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 oh. the craziness, the craziness isn't so crazy. Uh, you know, the, the, with us both, like we, we, uh, you know, we understand each other very well. Yeah. Same thing, you know, obviously with Nick and I, and, and, you know, and I grew up knowing Wolf. I, I mean, I haven't talked to Wolf in a couple of years, but, you know, I, 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 you know, obviously watch from a distance and, and, and super, uh, proud of, of, uh, of, you know, what he's doing and, and holding strong to who he is. And, um, and, you know, and I love that he actually proved to people too, that, Hey, you know what? I won't do this, but I'll do this for Taylor Hawkins and just completely perfected his dad's shit, you know? So, uh, he came out and crushed it. Um, and then went right back to uh right back to mammoth you know so um yeah but yeah man <laughs> see he understands yeah he he gets it see one of these days i'm hoping he says his first word on the air can you say toto toto <laughs> see uh, that would be a lot easier yeah i know i try that 
Um, Say Lukather. Well, that's why. Lukather. <laughs> that would have been funny as hell. Uh, but no, classic. it is great. And uh, Unwanted, I did. I would tell people to listen to that and watch the video because uh, aside from your guitar playing, uh, it's that just the, the the keyboards has that early Toto yeah. feel, yeah. but it sounds so modern and the way the vocals, it's it was like a hybrid of a lot of things. I got some collective soul sound in there. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. a, it's, it's really cool. And uh, I can't wait to hear the whole album. Any, as far as any new, I know you haven't announced a date yet, but can you tell us when, uh, like what quarter so, it's going to come out or, or anything like that? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, we did, a, a, you know, my wife, Madison, she also, you know, she styled her company, uh, Sister's Closet with her and her sister. They style us up, they do our photos and, and they do the music video. She directed Unwanted and Something Wrong. And she, we did another one for uh, the song called Toxic Envy, which is our album opener. And we just wrapped the video. You know, we're just kind of basically playing it by ear right now because we really want to make sure and we want to take our time to just get awareness out for the band. We're playing shows. We just did two shows of Steel Panther last week. Right. Um, that went great. And what I love so much about those shows, too, is no one knew anything about us. No one knew where we came from. We were dads or whatever. We just, they just love the band, you know, and um you know, we almost sold out of all of our merch and it was just a really cool moment. So for us, it's like we're picking up opportunities as they come. And when the time is right, we want to make sure that we have some machine behind it to really, truly get it the push that it deserves. So basically, we're going to play it by ear, but the album's mastered and finished. It's so it's we have 10 songs done, mastered, ready to go. Awesome. So we're just going to see, you know how the timing plans out, man, you know, as we play shows and tour. Yeah. What's the rush? I mean, you ha you did all the hard work already and then you're going to yeah. see the fruits of your labor once it's, uh, once it's time. Oh, that, that's amazing. Trev. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, before yeah, man. We, we get out of here, I mean, he's calm. So I, maybe you have a few more minutes, a couple things I wanted to ask. Um, sure. You've worked with Hailstorm. So I have yes. That, right? So what did you do mm -hmm. with the? I'm a huge fan of them. What did you do with Hailstorm? I I wrote I wrote Love Hate Heartbreak on their first debut album, and um, I worked with Lizzie and a Tommy Hendrickson who uh, plays in Hollywood Vampires and Alice Cooper and has a project called Crossbone Scully that's out now. Um, you know he produced my first EP when I was 19, 20, and he brought me in on that session with Lizzie, and uh, you know they released it as like a first single. And it was just really great to work with her. She, this was obviously before they took off. Mm -hmm. Then that album took off and they've been, you know, soaring ever since. And then, uh, then I started, and then I produced Dorothy, um, three songs in her last record and co-wrote and played and, um, you know, uh, just worked with Hoobastank and, oh, cool. um, you know, this band called Blind Channel and, uh, Andrew Hagar, Sammy's son. I produced his record that's going to be coming out. Um, you know, so I, I just really got into production and, and then that I produced the band's record and I love that they gave me the shot to do it, being a band member and being the producer, but you know, I don't abuse that role, man. You know, I only want what's best for the album and those guys put their trust in me and it meant a lot and, uh, and everyone's happy with the outcome. So no, that's, that's awesome. Wow. Multi-talented for, you know, you've been, this could be, this is like your debut album that's coming out, but yeah. you have quite yeah. a resume anyway, like it's before. So 
uh, follow you're on all the social media platforms and same thing with the effect for people to to keep up with you and the band yeah um, so me I'm at Trev Lukather but the band which is most important yes. is uh, at the effect band um, on Instagram and X I, it's so weird to say X Twitter I, I, I know <laughs> uh, you know and then there's uh, at the effect official on TikTok and Facebook nice I usually just say because it makes sense X Twitter because it's kind of like it's the X X Twitter is good yeah it is the X Twitter I like that I'm gonna use that now man (laughs) it's so weird because it really does it looks like a a, the app it looks like a porn website with a giant X like this it's just I'm uncomfortable going on it (laughs) but and dude there's a lot of there's a lot of porn on there man Uh, you know there's just a lot of porn for some reason man a lot of death and a lot of porn I'm like man this thing is like the dark web. I know, but we had to, for us to promote what we're doing, we got to be in all the stuff. It is what it is. And uh, that, that is that is the bummer, man. I'm not going to lie. Coming up with content constantly instead of you know, just playing and touring and, 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 and creating music, it definitely puts the added pressure. But hey, it's a part of the scene. You got to adapt, man. We all got to adapt. Right? So, so you got to grow And he understands. Re- Rex understands, man. I like yes. to call him Rex because that's such a cool name. That's fine by me. You have to grow up and make daddy a lot of money so I don't have to work as much, okay? <laughs> he's, he's, just, he's just chewing on wires like he does. I swear, he can have. he's surrounded by 20 toys and he will find... I don't know, like uh, a knife around it. He just finds the most dangerous thing. Like he just always goes for the wires, the the remote control, the phones, things he can have. Even though he's he's got to keep you on your toys. toes. Uh, he's got to keep you on your toes, man. But it's it's awesome. It seems like he just wants to be hanging with dad. Yeah, no, I like it. So we'll see how this path goes if he if it becomes my official co-host when he starts talking. Uh, and in case I have a good feeling, I, I think so too. And in case if I um. I, I overturned this rock. Make sure I do that because it's GNR podcast. We already spoke about Slash, though. Any other experiences uh, or people that you know? I mean, do you know uh, Duff's kids or have you seen the Well, band no, live? funny enough, is I actually I actually auditioned for Guns N' Roses, man, when I was 18 years old. Um, and I was so not ready for it. I mean, like I said, I didn't even really solo till I was 19. But then when I was 18, I got called. And it was one of those things where it's like, well, of course I'm going to do it because it's just to be cool to be in the room. But this is Slash wasn't in the band at the time. Yeah. And I didn't know that I had to fill the Slash role, which clearly I wasn't ready for that at 18 years old. Um, so, you know, I did some, I, I mainly did the rhythm stuff. And, it, and all those guys were super sweet at the time that were in the band. Um, you know, uh, I, I really like all, I mean, really all the people in the band. are. I mean, Axel, I don't know. Uh, he was at Lisa Marie's funeral. I, I grew up with uh, my best friend Ben was Lisa's son who passed away, and and so when when Lisa passed away, he was there singing at the funeral. And I just didn't, you know, sl- knowing Slash and and I, and I know Duff. Um, I met Duff a few times. Um, you know, all those guys are so cool, man. Uh, and and so I know Sorum as well. Uh, just, you know, Axel, there was just never really a moment for me to really talk to him. But also, I don't really know. You know, I, I'm so more the, the, the you know, 
I don't know, growing up with Slash, it's like he's such a gem. It's like, yeah, I'll just keep it to that, you know? <laughs> so let me, because this, I am so grateful I asked this last question because I don't know if you, have you spoken about this before? Uh, auditioning what? for uh, auditioning for GNR at 18? So, 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 so funny um, is <laughs> some German radio station. Now, my, you know, talking about getting roasted um, and not really, and having to grow, you know, what my dad said, elephant skin hmm. is, is, uh, some German radio station got word of guitar players that auditioned for Guns N' Roses. And I got put in the mix and I was playing guitar for Lindsay Lohan at the time, you know, like wow. I, I was, I was not, you know, coming from my dad being in Toto and then playing with Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> it's not exactly the rock cred. I mean, like <laughs> Toto now has the rock cred, but like that took some time. <laughs> For people to catch on to the, just how rock, you know, just I mean, the rock Richard kind of Ford rock credit played with Rihanna and Enrique Iglesias. And speaking of Richard Fortis, dude, is 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 a, is a new friend within the last year. Cool. That guy's a freaking awesome, dude. And and met him actually through my buddy Tommy Henderson. I was talking about. Um, uh, and he remembered the audition. He mentioned it to me. And um, getting, I want to hear. And this. I was like, I, I want to hear this. Hour, like, stop. He's pulling them off my headphones. He's pulling the microphone. My my beautiful wife, please take him. <laughs> He's eating everything. I He's need so cute, though, I know. man. He is. I love him. I'm going to kiss him to death as soon as the show is over. But I want to so, hear the yeah, story. So, <laughs> no, so Ford, Fortis brought it up, man. And I was like, oh, dude, you know, like, you know, shame. Because, like, I, I, I'm just, I was so young, man, and so not ready. And it's like it's one of those things you look back on. You're like, oh. But, I mean, I did, there were moments where I was just rocking out more rhythm. I mean, I think if. If I was going for Fortis's spot, then maybe I would have had a better time. The and Izzy better, spot. Better... Well, the, so the I, spot, guess, I, mean, yeah. I guess who contacted you for that? And I assume then, if you don't know Axel, he wasn't in the room. Like who? He wasn't in the room. Was it Everyone Tommy Stinson? Who, who, who's everybody? Every, every, everybody was in the room but Axel. And there's a video camera going for, for Axel to watch. So all the guys in the band at that time, and I got to be honest, I was spacing on some of the names. Uh, they, they, you know, were the guys that I played with. And, you know, I think, man, I, I, I must have looked 12 walking in there, man. I can only imagine what these guys thought. You know, these are pre-days, pre-the pre Instagram days where you can just go see these, like, you know, nine-year-olds out shredding everyone on the planet Earth. <laughs> so, okay. you know. They probably looked at me like, wow. And they obviously knew that I was my pop's kid. So, mm. like, maybe he's some, you know, um, <laughs> savant fucking young genius kid. But I was just like a rhythm guy. So, me doing the slash solos, I wasn't really uh, Mr. Shredder. So, I did okay. But I, what I remember is it was kind of, eh, I was not proud of myself. Obviously, didn't get the gig. And I, um, and so, so my point was that some German radio station got a hold of the fact that I auditioned and they put my picture up that I was playing with Lindsay Lohan. And this was now back in the day where like, there was just blogs, man. There wasn't like, you know, oh, yeah. uh, the, 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 everyone's a critic now kind of thing. Um, and I got five pages of pure destruction on me, man. And people that like, didn't even know my playing just, just, you know, the, you know, at the time I had like, you know, the Bieber blonde hair, the way I looked, uh, where I came from, it was just like, what the fuck? It was all these GNR fans were just destroying me, dude. And I was like, I had cried. I was, I was very, 
you know, I was young and I didn't, I never experienced that kind of face melting from strangers before. And when I talked to my pop about it, he says, listen, man, you know, if you want to be in this business, you got to, you got to grow elephant skin and you can't let this, he says, you're, you're talking to a guy that was in the, the you know, the critics most hated band ever, even mm-hmm. though it doesn't matter how successful Toto has proven through the time to stay relevant and, and sold, you know, almost 50 million records, uh, you know, and playing on everyone else's record, they always got shit on by the press, which is so funny now because because they were too good, too slick. Now let's go to modern times where everything's slick. Yeah. Everything's supposed to be perfect and slick. Those guys were just perfect and fucking slick being just human, yeah. you know, of how good they were at their instruments. And that was hated, that was frowned upon back then, which always I found so weird. But, <sighs> you know, he, he really sat me down and, and Pop gave me that advice and it held strong. And I just, that was the only moment that I let anything really get to me. And then I, you know, I grew that. Now I say I have alleg- alligator skin, man. I don't even have elephant skin, dude. I'm, I'm growing the, I'm growing the extra thick, you know, the well, extra thick. You can't break through, man. Well, well, right on. You know, that is really tough. And that's why I kind of think to myself, I don't know how I would ever handle being famous because I'm the typical self-hating Jew for lack of that's what I am I mean I'm a stereotype for a lot of like oh I'm like Larry David I'm like oh, oh dude who's my who's my spirit animal man I I'm obsessed with Larry David he choked you know, I don't <laughs> he choked dude, I mean yeah that was so funny man I watched the new I watched the new episode last night man and I and I gotta that. say that oh dude it's you know it's classic Larry man but I I have to say like out of people like I said I don't I don't believe in the celebrity thing and I and I really don't like you know two people that I would love to meet. Well, one I already met, David Gilmore. That was the coolest moment. And that was one the one time I was pretty nervous to meet somebody. Um, but it was a really cool, like, proud son moment. We went to the forum to see him play. And and I thought it was going to be, oh, it's L.A. show, man. It's going to be packed. And, like, I didn't even think we were going to meet him. But when we were in the car on the way there, I think the tour manager called Pop. And he was like, oh, man, I'd love to see David, man. Yeah. And I'm in the front. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, we're going to meet him after the show. I was like, holy shit, dude. I was like you know because this is is, that's like you know you take my dad aside david gilmore is is god man as a player i mean just tasty as could be so i um so i'm thinking oh man it's la it's gonna be like 50 people in the room we get back there after going through like four rounds of security and it's literally only us man david only wanted to see pop and uh met him and it was hung with him and and his family for about an hour he was the coolest dude and that was really like you know, when you want to meet your heroes and, you know, be careful, he was just so cool, man. And, um, Good. and the other person's Larry David, who I have not met yet, which I would love to meet Larry. And even if he's a dick, that's perfect because that's who he is. That's who he portrays himself to be. That's so what happened like to my brother. Roasted, my brother met him really? and he was kind of a dick and he's like, whatever. Oh. <laughs> He got a Larry moment, man. Yeah, he's like, oh, I said something stupid to him, and he knew I was being a dick. I thought he would appreciate it, and he gave me a dick response back. I forget what the actual exchange was, but it was, well, it was a Larry exchange, so he should be proud of it. So I hope that happens That's for you, so buddy. Funny. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, man, I'm, I'm way into it. <laughs> oh, I love it. And and just so I, I know, because the GNR nerds will, well, my fellow GNR nerds will ask, what year was that? Uh, did that all happen? Do you think? 2005. Okay. And 2004, two, no, 2005. And I'll, yeah. I'll say this, because you're not alone. 
uh, with a lot of things you said, because I feel like other than being the son of someone famous, I feel like I identify with a lot of things you, you said. But a similar experience, uh, it sounds like what Buckethead, excuse me, uh, Bumblefoot and DG Ashba went through, <laughs> that if they messed something up, fans would send them death threats and it really yeah. would affect them mentally. So it's not cool whether you're an 18-year-old kid or you're an adult. You just, just to go back to what we said before, the kind of people that say these things online are just... Whatever. I like to cultivate and, and a nice and, fan base here, so none of my fans will say these things. Well, that's good, man. Well, even if they do, it's 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 falling on deaf ears at this point. But I mean, I I think that you know it, it, people do have to watch out because you don't know who's what they're going through mentally, not strong enough to hear and watch uh, people destroy you. Um, you know, I've lost my best friend to suicide. You know, so uh, it's uh you know when you're when you're vulnerable and young too especially in that in that molding of a brain at 18 years old uh, you know i wasn't mentally prepared for that kind of roasting that's why i feel bad for a lot of these teen stars that become so famous and so and so successful at such a young age because you know uh james valentine maroon five guitar player killer player said his theory which i i actually true i find to be true is you stop maturing the age that you become successful in the industry <laughs> I because you that. become everyone's becomes like whatever you want. You become your own boss and everyone's then yes, men and doing whatever you want. And yeah. I think it's kind of hard to grow and be mature uh, after that. So, but I, I do, I do know some, some of those, you know, I mean, celebrity kids as well. And I'll, you know, some of them really come a long way and are great people. So, I mean, it just depends, but I, you know, when you're getting just, destroyed by people just following you and shitting on you everywhere you go or even if even if most of the world loves you that's a hard thing for a a young brain to handle i agree we talk about mental health all the time i I lost my dad 10 years ago to uh to suicide he would have been oh my god i'm so sorry man thank you but it it goes to show he would have been 70 uh just a few days ago so but this goes to show i think a lot of people that you know, he was going through a tough time, obviously. This <laughs> and I, he, this was before the pandemic. And I think in my head, if he lived, he was already a germaphobe. He was a dentist. Could have affected his business. He could. It could have been really bad too. But if he lived through that, he would have seen, seen this crying, smiling boy. So you just never. Hey, you know. never know. He might be reincarnated, man. You know that could Maybe. be him. Hey, I had similar conversations with uh, Snake Sabo from Skid Row. So we're all in this the same boat. We're all struggling. Uh, with certain things, but we're here to meet, talk about rock and roll, positive things, Guns N' Roses. That's what Appetite for Distortion is all about. So, Trev, this was a real pleasure and an honor. I hope that we get to do this again, especially when the album comes We will, out. bro. I, I enjoyed this very much too, man. So let's stay in touch, and, and we'll do absolutely another one when the next tune comes out or the album, whatever works, man. But, yeah, you're, you're a groove, bro, and I appreciate you uh, – Help promoting the band as well, man. It means a lot. You got it. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? Well, the words of Axl Rose concerning Chinese democracy. I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.